Hello and welcome to this latest CN podcast. I'm Anthony Myers. In this episode, I chat with Christian Prince, the former head of communications at Barry Calabo, who has now set up his own communications company to advise companies on sustainability issues while remaining competitive, not just in cocoa, but also other sectors. Take a listen. Okay, Christian, welcome to this uh, latest podcast. Um, it's great to have you here. How How's it going with you? Thanks, uh, Tony, and, and good morning. It's going well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm sitting here in Barcelona. The sun is, uh, the sun is shining. I uh, love it. All is well. Good. A lot of changes since we since we last met in uh, in Cote d'Ivoire with with, with uh, Barry Calabo. But uh, you've you've gone on. You've now you've 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 gone independent. You've gone um, uh, freelance, and you've set up a new communications company called the Loop Communications. I think let, let's start. Tell 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 us a little bit about about the company and and its aims and its ambitions. Yeah. No. Thank you. Indeed. So um, I think the starting point is Tony is that the time that companies could could grow just by selling products uh, without looking at the consequences of their operations to society from those days are those days are gone. I think nowadays investors, uh, customers, employees, talent, I mean, they want to invest in, buy from, work for a company that's basically through its operations solving certain societal issues rather than creating problems. And I think that is really where companies can nowadays create a competitive advantage. Issue solving is in the end the um, the new currency for for business growth, and that's where the loop communications comes in. We support companies in basically identifying what they can do through their operation, through their expertise, to solve society's issues, and herewith create a um, a competitive advantage. Okay, great. And also, you mentioned the currency of trust. Uh, what I've discovered in my kind of five, six years reporting on uh, the cocoa sustainability issues is you know, transparency is also a currency of trust, isn't it? And that's what co- companies need to be fully transparent now in their supply chains. Is that something you think, with your experience working at, at, at that high level at Carry Bal- Balibo, you can uh, you can bring to to the uh, to the table? Yeah, absolutely. I I think to be honest. Um, and nowadays, companies should start, and that's also what the loop communication does. Uh, companies should start by asking, not what do I want to tell society, but what does society expect from me and my operations to do? That should be the starting point. And from there, you can then look at, you know, what does the company do? What is the expertise, the resources that they have in order to meet some of these expectations? And then to turn that into a compelling uh, story, a transparent story, as you say. Um, through which you can create the, um, your competitive advantage. So, yeah, absolutely, transparency is absolutely key, but that transparency needs to focus on what are the expectations that investors, customers, talent, employees have from, from me as a company. Okay, and and with with loop communication, then, uh, Christian, are you just going to be specializing in the cocoa, chocolate, sustainability sector are you are you, do you, are you looking to move you sort of expertise in other areas of um you know commodities no, or no we're def- definitely we're definitely sector agnostic i would say sector yes, agnostic. Uh, i think i think the um the, of course uh, a lot of learnings from from cocoa and chocolate but also before i was not in, in cocoa and chocolate so learnings from from other sectors um i think they apply to uh, to most companies to be to be very honest i think whether you're in 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 construction or in food or in pharma 
um, I think uh, companies are all confronted by the same demands from, from society, which is help us solve certain issues. Okay, thank you. And uh, let's just now talk about your, your time at Barry Calibos, how, how we met. I got to know you quite well um, in those years. I think you were there seven years, and I'm not quite sure how long you were in your position as VP of uh, Communications. But hey, first of all, what was it like working for a, a company like Barry Calibo? Um, you know, they, they've done a lot of good work. They get a lot of flack sometimes as well. I guess as comms, the comms guy, you were kind of... Um, involved in kind of trying to manage manage that uh, that message and that conversation so what was it like uh, yeah no as you said seven years indeed three and a half years as as uh, as heading the corporate communications department now nah, it's it was a fantastic company it was a company that was really true to its core values amongst which uh, entrepreneurship was one so that meant that there was a lot of freedom a lot of trust given to its employees to basically get the job done according to their their insights um, and as you said, as, as head of, the, of, of communications, I had a lot of freedom to, to shape the team, shape the strategy as I saw fit. And I, I truly think there was a genuine interest of the company to be involved in, you know, in, in, in the public discussions about how to solve some of the, uh, the challenges in the cocoa and chocolate uh, supply chain. And I was, of course, being um, the main spokesperson and being uh, the main, uh, let's say, architect of, of, of designing how do you interact um, with the different stakeholders, um, I was in, in, in a prime prime position. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a great company to work for. And of course, Barry Calvo has a lot of influence. They are the, the largest cocoa chocolate supplier in, in the world, I think, are they? So they're huge. And they, what what they what they do, how they how they act, how they uh, how they conduct their business has a has a big impact on the on the rest of the sector. And they've been <clears throat> for my for my for my experience with them, they have done a lot of good work. They've tried to push the agenda. They've been at the forefront of a lot of changes, haven't they? And it must have been an exciting time to work, especially in that I say I've been six years, you've been seven years, but since we both joined, uh, you know, we both became part of this. It, it was a, it's been an interesting ride, and with a it lot has. of kind of trying to, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what what do you, what do you miss most about working at Barry Calibo? Well, I mean, to to kick in an open door, as we would say in Dutch, uh, it's of course it's of course the colleagues. I mean, and the, the colleagues in the communications department, but also in all the other departments. I mean, they were all, let's say, professionals to the core, uh, very high can-do mentality, very low on politics, and basically just just get the job done. And and that was what I really loved about Barry Kalaba, the speed with which we were able to act. And exactly as you as you just mentioned, I mean, it was a company who had the reach. Uh, to really make changes in the cocoa and chocolate industry combined with a genuine interest up to senior management to actually also play that play that role. And, and I think it was that combination that made us, I think, very successful in also being able to position Buddy Calabout as, as the, the, the front runner on sustainability in cocoa, um, in cocoa and chocolate. So, yeah, it was a truly exciting time, roller coaster, um, but I loved every minute of it. Absolutely, and apart from the sustainability issues and the, the, that you were kind of constantly um, kind of not not fighting with, but you know trying to um, 
get across. It was also the innovations in there. And I just missed the Ruby innovate, uh, the Ruby launch. I was just before my time, uh, yes. but that that came. And then there was Choco Vision. I, when I first met you, I think you just launched Ruby just a year before then. And then so there's been Ruby. There's been the Whole Fruit. There's been Cacao Fruit. Uh, there's been the uh, third generation yes. chocolate. It's been phenomenal, hasn't it? That you know, it, it has been. It has been phenomenal because every time you thought, and of course, you know, I, I was part of it, but of course, there were some big innovative brains who were who were, who were cooking all of these ideas up. Um, every time you thought, you know, what what can you still change in cocoa and chocolate? You were surprised again by the new the new directions you could take it. As you said, ruby chocolate, the fourth type of yeah. uh, of chocolate, um, whole fruit uh, chocolate, yeah. um, and of course, all down through you know fantastic launches in fantastic locations. So um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun there. And don't forget, you know, all the tasting that you could uh, you got to do. I mean, uh, that was amazing. Absolutely, and I guess you're going to miss the next one. I mean, there'll be one in the pipeline from Baz and his team, I'm sure, at some stage. So you're going to miss that, aren't you? And do you think you will miss that kind of excitement and that buzz of uh, that's you know something new launching onto the market? Yeah, you, you know, there's always when you leave when you leave an organization, there are always things that 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 you're definitely going to going to miss. But then I really try to first of all enjoy the facts that I witnessed so many of them. And second, um, I'm luckily still in touch with many people at Body Colorbound. So perhaps not directly, but indirectly, I will still get to savor and to enjoy a lot of the exciting things that uh, hopefully they're going to do. Um, sure. And so, Christian, you're a Dutch nas- national. Um, you've obviously been you've been in Switzerland, but now you've moved uh, with Barry Calibo. Now you've moved to Pastures New in Barcelona. So, what did you do before joining Barry Calibo and before moving to Switzerland? I guess. Yeah, I, I was with Unilever, actually. Um, I, I worked uh, eight and a half years with Unilever, where I was heading their uh, EU external affairs office in Brussels. So I was uh, the main responsible for conducting the, the, the connections between Unilever and the European institutions. And, and before that, I worked in the European Parliament and, and combining my role there with writing a PhD. So. I, I, I did the math also in advance to this to this uh, conversation, Tony, and it's now a bit over 20 years of experience in, you know, uh, public decision making, public discussions, and particularly corporate interactions with um, in, in, in policy discussions. And to be honest, if you look at the expectations nowadays that you know society has from corporates to basically step up to the plate and be part of these public discussions, uh, which is, um, I would say, a big shift compared to when I when I started. You know, this experience also really comes in uh, really comes in handy. So it's it's to be honest, it's a truly exciting time to uh, to work in this uh, in this field. Absolutely. And let's move back now into probably your, your main your main topic of expertise and sustainability. It's particularly in the cocoa sector. And you know, we've we've as everybody knows, we have the um, the uh, European Union deforestation regulation coming in uh, next year. So, as as now a you know a, a consultant or communications expert, how how would you be? What would you be? How would you be advising companies to 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 manage this and and then the, the, the sustainability um, record or um, mission in, in general? What, what what would you say to them? What piece of advice could you give to companies? Yeah. 
to be honest, it would not even be that different from what I said when I was still in-house. But I think the key thing is embrace it, embrace legislation, because I think for a lot of companies, it's actually going to help them to achieve the targets and the expectations that people have from them to end deforestation. I think what you saw is that a lot of companies made voluntary commitments on ending deforestation, but they were, I think, underestimating the complexity of actually ending it. Because in order to to guarantee that you have a deforestation-free supply chain, you need very sound traceability and you need all your suppliers to also cooperate with you to provide the traceability and in practice you can see that that's often not as easy as it sounds and uh, you also need the cooperation of local local authorities so basically i think the legislation which by the way was also supported by quite a lot of companies uh, including in the cocoa and chocolate sector including my body um is that it is going to move the floor. It's going to bring everyone on the same level and it's going to force basically everyone who doesn't want to cooperate to start cooperating. So really embrace it. It's going to help. Uh, and particularly the front-running companies that were you know, moving the ceiling, um, I think they're going to be very much welcoming this because finally everyone will now be singing from the same, uh, from the same hymn sheet. Of course, and that, that's at the company organizational level. But of course, the uh, one of the crucial factors is the governments as well, isn't it? Of the of the, yes. of the producing countries, so it's complex. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, you know, the, the interesting thing is that is that you remember uh, Tony that uh, in 2018 the Cocoa and Forest Initiative was uh, was 2017 actually 2017 yeah. the Cocoa and Forest Initiative was signed. Yeah. And actually, what was agreed there was more or less in line with the EU uh, expectations now through deforestation regulation. So I think the demands which are being made on industry, on, on governments, I don't think they should come as a surprise to anyone involved in this, uh, in this discussion. Now, um, I, I, I don't think we should underestimate the challenge, as you said, of, of, of uh, establishing full, full traceability. But we should also not pretend like it's absolutely impossible. It will require investment. And I think um, origin governments should be entitled for support, uh, for financial support coming from, from for example, the, the EU to make sure that they can implement this, uh, this legislation. But in the end, they should also see it as a true uh, a competitive advantage. Because um, you know, deforestation, however you look at it, it's, it's also not for cocoa production, it's not, it's not positive. And I think, and we also know that also in origin countries, there is a tremendous interest to use this for reforestation purposes, to look at different ways of growing, growing cocoa. I think the key thing in the end is always who pays. And I think that is where, um, you know, through the good conduct that have been set up, also, you know, uh, past, past year where we had the um, sustainable cocoa dialogue happening at EU level, I think the contacts are there. I think the noses are pointing in the same direction. I think it's now really a matter of making sure that resources are being put there where they uh, where they should. Good. Okay, Christian. Thank you. I think we'll we'll leave it there. But I'm sure you are going to be part of this conversation in in one way or another with with your new so. loop communications. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about about your the, the company and what you do and how you're going to be shaping things as a as a, obviously as a as a press as an editor i expect to be kept up to date on um, on your various um, um, initiatives <laughs>
And well, we shall keep in touch. Fantastic. Thank you very much for this conversation. Thank you, Christian.